Gnostics explain themselves, lecture seven. Let's see how two different Gnostic teachers try to convince friendly non-Gnostic Christians of their understanding of important aspects of their faith. Both the documents were addressed to proto-Orthodox Christians who were, however, genuinely interested in key aspects of the Gnostic point of view. In both cases, the authors appear completely reasonable, trying to convince proto-Orthodox Christians of the Gnostic perspective by appealing to the teachings of Jesus and his followers. In both cases, however, the perspectives advanced differ significantly from those taken by proto-Orthodox Christians. Talmi's letter to Flora is an interesting and compelling explanation of a Gnostic understanding of scripture. Unlike the other Gnostic texts we're considering, this one does not come from Nag Hammadi, but is preserved for us in the writings of the 4th century Heresiologist Epiphanius, around 360 AD. Epiphanius wrote a book called the Panarion, or Medicine Chest. In the book, he catalogues 80 different heresies that had sprouted up over the course of history. Epiphanius likens the heresies to serpents that are trying to bite Orthodox Christians and inject them with heresy. His book is meant to provide the antidote. Ptolemy himself was a famous Christian Gnostic of the late 2nd century, best known as the pupil of Valentinius, possibly the author of the Gospel of Truth. So unfortunately, we know nothing further about the woman named Flora, to whom he addresses his letter. The letter itself, uh, though, is a clear exposition of this particular Gnostic's understanding of the Old Testament. Strikingly, the author does not simply state his views as gospel truth, but reasons with his hearer, basing his understanding on logic and the words of Jesus, trying to get her to understand the nature of Scripture. It is important to recall that different early Christians had different views of the nature of the Jewish Scriptures. Um, just see, for instance, Marcion and the Ebionites. So Ptolemy's understanding is based on both his Gnostic assumptions and the words of Jesus. So Ptolemy begins by indicating views that he thinks are absolutely wrong. The Old Testament could not have been inspired by the one true God because it is not perfect. It has, for instance, commands that are not appropriate to God, such as when God tells the Israelites to murder the Canaanites. Further, Jesus had to fulfill some of the laws of the Old Testament so that they were um, were imperfect before. But the Old Testament could not have been inspired by the devil either because it contains laws that are just and good. The Old Testament must then have been inspired by some other divine being, neither the one true perfect God nor his nemesis the devil, but some deity between the two. In fact, the Old Testament contains three different kinds of laws. There are laws given by this God, the Ten Commandments. There are laws given by Moses, the law of divorce, uh, which Jesus indicates did not come from God himself. And then there are laws given by the elders around Moses, the laws about not honoring one's father and mother, which Jesus attributes to ungodly traditions. Even the laws given by God are of three kinds. Some are perfect, the Ten Commandments. Others are tainted by injustice, like an eye for an eye. Yet others are purely symbolic, not to be taken literally. The laws about circumcision, Sabbath, and fasting. 
Tomi concludes that Jesus' teachings of the law, therefore, presupposes another God, a just divine being who is not the one true perfect God. Tolmy also concludes that the Gnostic understanding of the divine realm is thus correct. The treatise on the resurrection from Nag Hammadi deals with a different issue of interest to a wide range of early Christians. From the earliest times, there were disputes about the nature of the resurrection, both the resurrection of Jesus and the future resurrection of believers. Some Christians believed that eternal life was to be a spiritual disembodied existence. For them, Jesus did not have a real body. When he was raised, he could walk through doors and the like. And Christians too were spiritually raised, not physically. So some insisted that this spiritual resurrection had already happened to Christians. Uh, for example, um, 2 Timothy verse 18. Other Christians, especially the proto-Orthodox, insisted that just as Jesus had been raised in the flesh, so too the future resurrection would be a physical one. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, for instance. So the treatise on the resurrection is an anonymous discussion of just this issue. It is addressed to an otherwise unknown proto-Orthodox Christian named Reginos in answer to questions he had raised about the resurrection. It maintains that Jesus was a divine aeon who had come down to dwell in the flesh temporarily, but then uh, and when he died, he, um, he destroyed what was visible by what was invisible. So Christians uh, will also be raised invisible and immortal on this view. So before coming into this world, people are not in the flesh. And once they leave this world, they will leave the flesh behind. Not that which is dead, the body, but only that which is alive, the spirit will be saved. The author insists that even though it is the invisible that is raised, the resurrection is no illusion. On the contrary, it is this world that is the illusion, falsely lulling people into thinking that it is the ultimate reality. But this material world will pass away and it is the spirit that will live on. The author urges Reginos to begin living solely for his spirit and not to be attached to the flesh. By doing so, he will begin to experience the true spiritual resurrection even now. In sum, we can see from these two treaties that some of the key issues that came to be resolved by Orthodox Christianity, the character of scripture, the nature of the future resurrection, were hotly disputed during the late second century and that the Gnostics who took alternative views in fact had reasonable arguments to support their perspective. So questions for us to consider is how does Ptolemy's understanding of the Old Testament differ from what Christians typically hold today? Is it possible to think that the Old Testament was fully inspired by God, yet not implicate God in the deaths of innocent people, such as the destruction of the Canaanites and harsh legislation, such as an eye for an eye? And also, in what way does the treatise on the resurrection seem to reflect the present-day common sense among many religious people that the body passes away, but the spirit lives on after death? Is it possible that modern Christianity has actually taken over a Gnostic view of the afterlife?